unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Is it an earthquake? California? Hey, welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show. I'm Christopher Roush. I'm your no excuses coach, and I'm excited to be here with you guys tonight here on the Raw and Unscripted Show. So thank you for joining us, whether you're joining us here on the video cast or if you're listening to us on the audio podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here tonight. We are celebrating show number 217. Oh my God, 217 shows. I've been doing this since January of 2019. I did this actually, the first episode was a week before I did my major back surgery. So it was pretty crazy. So after my shows after that, I'm all drugged up on Percocet and stuff like that. So it's pretty crazy. But there has been some amazing, amazing conversations here on the Raw and Unscripted show over the last couple of years. And I'm excited to let you know that uh, I've also got another show and another podcast you may not know about. It is called The Unfiltered Experience. You guys could check it out at theunfilteredexperience.com. It is right there on the screen, theunfilteredexperience.com. <clears throat> I'm very proud of that show. We were on show, I think 117 or something like that. We've been doing it for a while. I've been doing it with Scott Goyette. We do it on Friday nights, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, and what's cool about it is we used to do the show live, kind of like the show. We do it live and have guests on there. But we took a step back. Scott, my co-host, and I took a step back and we said, what can we do to serve the listener better? What can we do to bring more impactful conversations to the to the table? And we thought about it. And as, a, as opposed to having a different topic every single week, kind of like what we do here, we decided to try something different. So we said, let's go with a major topic that we know people are struggling with. And let's kind of dig into that with people that we know who have already been on the show and kind of make this series, the season, all about that particular component and then have different people giving input on that, um, giving input on that particular uh, subject matter. So what we started off with is who am I, right? The identity conversation, who am I as far as the identity conversation goes? <clears throat> and then being able to ask these specific people who we know have interesting stories. The first question is, who am I? And we start talking about that. And when it's not like I'm a principal or I'm a husband or I'm a father or something like that, it's like, I am love. I am peace. What is it that we need to be? So this is an incredible conversation. We did show number one last week on Friday. You guys can go listen to check it out on uh, www.theunfilteredexperience.com. Um, this week, we've got another amazing show. So we've done about eight shows that are already recorded. So I can tell you this, they're phenomenal conversations. They're phenomenal conversations. You're going to want to take notes with those conversations because everything builds on one another. We actually have a, a, a side coaching group, if you will. And one of the required uh, processes of, of that group, you know, homework, if you will, is to watch these shows because everything is related to who we are. And so normally I don't plug each show on each show, but I uh, wanted to let you know about that. So Friday nights, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, put it in your calendar. That way you can show up if you have opportunities to, to share with us. And then the best thing you can do is you can sit there and you can show up and we can say, hey, what's up, Natalie? Thank you for being here. Natalie's in the house. Appreciate you being here. And I can sit there and say, hey, Robert Broker's in the house. He says, good evening, Christopher. Was drama today? Car repossessed in a shelter now. Well, I'm glad you are safe, brother. I am glad you're safe. And I'm glad you're here with me, man. Uh, you know, when things get down, the one thing that we always have the opportunity to do is to decide whether we're going to be a victim of the situation or we're going to be a victor of the situation. And as you guys know, or unless you've been following me for a short amount of time, this little gem right here is my book. It is called It's Just You and Me, Kid. The current subtitle is A True Story of a Mother and Son Survival on the Streets of California. Um, this has been a crazy journey to write this book. It will be out later this year. So if you go to itsjustyouandmekid.com, itsjustyouandmekid.com, if you go there and you check it out, um, it's pretty cool. 
So if you, if you guys are visual people, there it is up on the screen. It's just you and me, kid. It's all story about my life. Essentially, if you're new to me, my life uh, reads like this. I was born in here in Southern California. My first 13 years, didn't know my biological father. My mother had various psychological disorders and chemical dependencies. Uh, when I was 13 years old, I became homeless for four years, tried to kill myself twice. Fortunately, I sucked at it. And then got to a position where somebody put a gun to my head and I thought I was going to die. And I told the guy to pull the trigger and he didn't. Went back to school, got my GED, got my master's degree, created this amazing life for myself. And now I talk about in the book about the healing process of what I had to go through in order to become the man I am today. I was interviewed on a show yesterday and the guy asked me, he goes, <clears throat> he goes, um, he goes, when you think about all the situations that you've been through, what is your perspective on that? And I literally held up the book and I said, everything that I went through that I got to go through, then grow through and decide who I was going to be came from this. And now it's coming out in this book, right? So I would love for you guys to go out there and check it out. There's a bunch of uh, bonuses on the site. You know, if you go to it's just your me kid.com, you'll check it out. I'm giving away some coaching packages or coaching hours with me. Um, you guys are going to get uh, access to, to stories that aren't going to make it in the book and pictures that aren't going to make it in the book. And also I'm going to do a Q and a session a couple of months, maybe after everybody has the book. And then you guys can ask me all sorts of questions about, well, what happened with this, Chris? And why did you do this? And why did you think this? And what happened here? And tell me more about this because I mean, the book has to be a certain amount of words and I've had to cut a lot of it already out. And so I want to give you guys that opportunity to be on the inside of whatever else happened in those particular moments, um, because it's all transformational. It's all designed for you to transform who it is that you are and who it is that you're becoming. Because when you realize that life, everything that's happened up until now has happened for your greater good is happening for what's happening next. But so many times we look at what's in the past or we fear the future that we know that we don't take any action. And that's one thing we're going to be talking about on my show tonight. We're just waiting for my guest. Unfortunately, he's having some technical issues. So he is working on that on the backside. I just still don't see you connected, Chris. Um, so keep working on that, buddy. Uh, we definitely want to see Chris's face on here. We got a great, uh, it's going to be Chris squared tonight. Uh, let's see. Natalie says here, she goes, uh, first time seeing your show. Glad I caught it. Well, thank you, Natalie. I appreciate you. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a great thing. You know, I've been doing it for quite a while and, um, and, uh, you know, it's all about having real authentic conversations that by the end of this, that you have actionable items that you could take and put into your life and progressively have that compound confidence for your life to be able to create what it is and who it is that you're becoming. So when you think about that, um, it's pretty massive. And again, we've been doing this for a long time. So if you want to go check out previous shows, um, you can also always, of course, go to, um, uh, you can just go to my website. You can just go to noexcusescoach.com, go to noexcusescoach.com, or you can go to Ron and scripted coach, Ron and Sorry about that. Uh, Ron and And you can, um, and you can uh, uh, check out those episodes there. If you want to see the video cast, you can go to my YouTube channel because all of them are on YouTube as well. So thank you, Natalie, for being here. I appreciate that. I hope it's Natalie. Yes, it's Natalie. I was going off my brain. Um, Robert, thank you so much for doing the pre-order. Yeah, that was just securing your spot so that actually when you guys go put there and you put your name and address in there, not your name and address, your name and email, um, then you're going to be on the priority pre-sale list. So when you help me make it a bestseller, you take a picture of however you purchased the book and then we'll get you into that group and then you get all those special extras. So I'm super proud of this, man. It's been, it's been incredibly enlightening and inspiring for me to write this book because one of my goals personally, I didn't want to write this book right now. I've written so many other books. Um, I've written so many other books in my life that I haven't published yet. And I wanted to get these other ones published because I knew writing a story about my life was going to be emotional. I knew that it's one thing for me to tell you what I went through in a, in a 30 second snippet. It's another thing for me to really get serious and get very 
uh, intentional in the detail to bring you into those moments, to bring you in those moments where my mom was abusing me or bring you into those moments where we were having challenges on the streets or bring you into those moments to like, here's where I'm at at my lowest. I'm 14 years old. I'm thinking about killing my... So I'm bringing you into those moments. For me, one of my goals personally was to see how I could see those situations differently now that I'm adult. And now I can sit and see things like those things happen to me. Those happen, those things happen for me. And now I can look at it and say, how can I understand that situation a little bit better? So at the end of each chapter, what I've done is I've written it out chronologically, the places that we lived at. And then what I've done is uh, included at the very end of each chapter, it says uh, retrospect and lessons. So you get to hear it from kind of the voice of a six-year-old. We got, uh, we got Chris, we got technology. Chris is working. We're going to be right there. Chris um, is, I was able to um, look at it from a different lens, a different perspective. And one of the things that I was able to do through the process of this book is find empathy and forgiveness for my mom. And if those of you guys know my story, a lot of people know it in very uh, intimate detail. They can't believe that I stuck around that much with my mom of all the things that we went through, but the God's honest truth is I'm glad all of it happened. All of it happened, all the bad times. I don't want to go through it again, but all those bad times helped me become the person I am today. And when you look at life and you see that everything happened and everything that is happening is happening for your greater good, is preparing you for what's next. So many times we look at what we're not getting and we're focused on that. That thing isn't coming. That thing isn't coming. That thing isn't coming. That thing isn't coming. Well, guess what? Things are coming in over here. Things are coming over here, but we're staring at that fucking thing going, I want that. I should have that. That's my thing. And I recently had to do this with myself. I had to sit there and think about a large majority of what I do, a big aspect of my life is coaching. And I'm starting to wonder if I really am supposed to be a coach. I'm thinking maybe some, obviously I'm a professional speaker. I'm an author. I've had a lot of people hitting me up for voiceover work. So I don't know what my next thing is, but if I keep looking at that thing that I think I'm supposed to be having, I'm going to miss all these other things. So that's what I'm trying to share with you guys. But I'm, ex I'm excited. We got somebody in here, Facebook user. Hey friends, uh, Patty here. Happy smiles. Thank you, Patty, for being here. Appreciate you. Um, I think you're coming in from Ron and scripted group. And I think that's sometimes why we don't show the names on there. So uh, that sucks, but appreciate you being here. Now on for the show. Oh, there's one more thing I want to show you real quick. Uh, cause I, I finally actually did this. You guys have been asking me about 75 hard and you're like, Chris, we haven't seen any before, before pictures. So here's what I'm going to do real quick. And then we're going to bring my guest on here. Um, so you guys have asked me to show you this. So here is some pictures of me being chunky and then being better fit. So this is me when I started the program. Uh, as you can see, I am super bloated. I am super bloated in this picture. Um, that is April, April 2nd. Uh, I'm bloated. I'm in pain. I'm actually on Percocet in that particular picture. Here's another kind of side angle. Most people don't see me like this. They think that I'm just all in great shape, but this was at the beginning of 75 hard. This is how I looked. I was, uh, no muscle definition, no nothing fat feeling like shit. I was still kind of working out, but through that process, um, I get to that. And then of course, after 75 days, definition, oh shit. I didn't realize my screen stopped presenting. I'm sitting here talking to you guys and you guys, I don't see what he's talking about. Um, so there it is. So I'm trying to see what we did. So that's the, that's the before, um, or if we can, usually they have a little thing in here. Um, let's see. So if you guys, I guess I have to keep showing it each time. That's kind of crazy. Oh, should have done uh should have done a little video thing, but you guys have been asking me like, Chris, what are you going to show before and after pictures? So that's, that's a after picture as well. So yeah, 75 hard was great for me because it really instilled in me. Um, again, the, 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 
the dedication, the commitment, the resiliency, and the promises we must keep to ourselves. And our guest tonight is a gentleman that I've got the opportunity to meet fairly recently. I think we met earlier this year. It's crazy how fast times goes by. Um, he's written a book, uh, uh, Think and Grow. Um, so we're going to be talking about that. Uh, think, think and Grow You. I apologize for that. We're going to be talking about his story. It's an incredible story. It's all about resiliency. It's all about confidence. It's all about outcomes. And most importantly, it's about being aware of your situation where you're at. It's about accepting where you're at and figuring it, okay, it is what it is. And the most important part is taking the action and taking the action to write the things that have happened in your life in order to have the life that you deserve. Please welcome to the Ron and Scripted Show, Mr. Chris Felton. Good evening, Mr. Felton. It's good to see you. So happy to be seen right now. <laughs> Don't you love technology? My God, I was like sweat. I'm like, oh. I'm like, uh, I'm like the movie Airplane, right? Where he's trying to land the plane, like the <laughs> sweat's coming down his deal and He's like, I was just, I was just quoting that movie. I ran into somebody, I ran into somebody who's younger and we were talking about movies and I said something about, I said, Oh, that reminds me about a scene in old school. And, uh, she's like old school. I'm like, well, old school. Yeah. That was just, you know, a few years ago. I said, Will Ferrell, you know, a bunch of other people funny go, we're going to go streak it through the quad. She's like, never heard of it. And I said, okay. <laughs> I said, I said I, and I thought of another comedy. I'm like, okay, airplane. And she's probably early twenties has never seen airplane. I'm like, that is like one of my top five favorite comedies oh, of all time. And I said, you need to go watch both of these and then let me know when you do. She was a, I, where, where was that? Oh, it was at a, it was a top golf. That's what it was. We got, went to a panic room with these other people and wound up talking and she had never heard of these comedies. So yeah, all I have to say, I love airplane. Yeah. Should we turn on the runway lights? No, no. That's what they're expecting us to do. Exactly. There's so <laughs> many beautiful one-liners in there. And, um, and yeah, I'm good. I'm just glad to see you and appreciate you being here. We got some other oh. people in the house. We got uh, Nicole Young in the house saying good evening. Thank you there. I appreciate you all's being with us tonight. Um, we got uh, Natalie, first timer with the show. Thank you for being here with us as well. So, Mr. Felton, um, I'm going to give you a moment to kind of relax because I know what this I'm is good. like. I'll, I'll, share with you, I'll share with you something real quick. I've been doing I've been doing broadcasting now for over 10 years. My first radio show was called the Kickass Radio Show. I did that for 3 years live. It was only on audio. It was through a, a service called Block Talk and I I know some famous people and so I know this one soap opera star. And so I approached her and I said I said, "Hey Sandra D, what do you think about being on my show?" And she's like, "Well, I'm not sure." She goes, "What do you do your show through?" And I said, I do it through blog talk radio. And she goes, well, you know, I've had bad experience with the blog talk and they drop your interviews and this, that, and I just don't feel comfortable. And I'm like, no, 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 they've changed. Everything's going to be great. You're going to love it. It's going to be an awesome experience. I don't have any issues. Game day comes. It's five o'clock. She calls into the, I have a studio switchboard through my computer that I'm doing this through. And I'm like, hey, Sandra D. She's like, I'm so excited for this. We kick off the interview and I'll ask her a couple of questions. And then all of a sudden my, 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 my producer's board goes blank. I can hear her talking. My producer board goes blank. And then, it, and then it says timed out and it kicks me out of the studio. She's still talking. I can still hear it through my iPad because I have a monitor going. I have to reboot my computer. I I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding, Chris. I literally come in probably about a minute and a half, two minutes later. I'm shitting myself. And I go, and I go, because she didn't see me. She just thought I was on the other side listening. I wasn't saying anything. And I said, and I literally got to the point. She's like, and that's kind of what happened, Chris. And I went, oh my God, Sandra D, that was amazing. The detail <laughs> you went into with that and just explaining your experience. I would love for you to, I loved, what did you learn from that experience? And so I, I dropped her, dude. I dropped her three times in a 45 minute call. Each time I came back right at the right moment. 
we get done with the show. I do a little post show. Like I, I'm going to do with you where we talk afterwards and kind of talk about the show and what we can do to support each other. And she goes, Oh my God, Chris, that was so much fun. You're such a great interview. You asked such great questions and blah, blah, blah. And I felt really comfortable with you. And I thought about, it. I'm like, do I tell her? Do I not tell her? I'm an honest person. I'm just, I'm like, yeah. Sandra, I just want to let you know. I said, you were absolutely right. I said, blog talk sucked today. Today, I dropped you three times. I said, before I was able to come back in, she goes, you know what, Chris, I didn't even notice except for one time I went a little longer and I thought you might interrupt me and you didn't. And I said, yeah, that's because I was shitting myself and, and rebooting my computer. So all that to say, I've had so many experiences. So you're in a good spot. So Mr. Felton, yes, you've written sir. a book, Think and yep. Grow You. And now yep. most people will see that and think like I did. Think and Grow Rich is what one of the most monumental books in, in in history. What inspired you to write this book, and how does it parallel Think and Grow Rich? Yeah, I uh, you know I've been a, a entrepreneur for twenty four years, and I've been a human for fifty one years, and uh, you know I know what it's like to be stuck, and I, I kind of I feel like people are more stuck than ever after what we've been through the last several years. And so uh, I know what it's like to be stuck. I know what it's like to live in fear, doubt, and worry. I know what it feels like when you're doing everything possible and nothing changes. I don't know if you've ever been there before. 100%. Um, yeah. And, um, and, and I also know what it feels like having coached thousands of people that, you know, they feel that quitting on their goals, dreams, and aspirations is the only way because they're that stuck. And I can empathize with that because I was this close to doing that very thing. Um, I was real close to giving up, but I didn't. And I knew that I had to grow and I had to change. I had to go all in on my personal growth and development. And that's what I did, man. So I invested, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in mindset and coaches. And I invested, you know, thousands and thousands of hours and, you know, we had a miraculous transformation. And so I just wanted to write a book where somebody could invest a micro fraction of the cost and hopefully a lot less time and get better results than me. That's why I wrote it. Dude, I love that. I love it. So think about writing the book and you think about who it is that you're addressing it. What are like some of the, like the three big things somebody's going to get out of that? What are some three big hurdles or obstacles or aha moments that you had that you're passing on to the reader? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot in there. I mean, it's, it's really my, my journey of, you know, I was a mess. You know, I realized I was a mess. I woke mess up how to, like dig into that a little bit for me. Yeah. I mean, there's, 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 there's 50 different concepts. Um, you know, uh, forgiveness, uh, we could spend a whole hour on that topic. Um, we could talk about, uh, my name's Chris Felton and I'm a recovering approval addict. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, approval oh, yeah. addiction. We could do a whole show uh, on approval addiction. Uh, my coach said, Chris, you are a great goal setter, but you're a horrific goal achiever. Yep. Um, he really taught me how to, you know, set goals and take our income up over seven figures. Uh, relationship with money. Uh, I mean, it was, th there, there's a lot in there, man, but um, really it's all about understanding these patterns that we have, these self-sabotaging behaviors. And the subtitle of my book is how to get out of your own way and Love leveling it. up your life. And so the first step is how do I get in my own way? And the second is really, you know, shifting. And what are, what are the things you need to do to shift? So you don't just have the same unconscious thought that leads to the same unconscious feeling, the same unconscious action that leads to the same result you're freaking bill murray and groundhog day um and <laughs> yeah. you're and you're freaking stuck 
so uh, anyway, there, there's a lot there, but those are those are some big ones that just totally crush people and uh, they stay stuck. I love it. I love it. It's a perfect conver- it's perfect timing for this conversation, honestly, Chris, because the three things you just talked about are are echoing in my brain right now, thinking about the conversations I've had over the last couple of weeks. I talk to a lot of people all the time, whether it's about the shows or coaching or speaking or other stuff that I'm doing, nonprofit organization stuff. And I always ask people like, tell me how you're doing, how you're really doing. Like what's, what's the one thing that's not connected in your life right now. And so many people right now are dealing with George to talk about this toxic overwhelm. They're just feeling so overwhelmed that they're just barely keeping up with the bare necessities, hoping, wishing, and praying. And someday, someday something's going to change. What are some things, what are some strategies that we can help people now, like that they can implement at the end of the show, maybe in the next couple of weeks that can help them reduce that either the actual overwhelm or their perception of their overwhelm. Because I find that people think they're overwhelmed and I ask them a few questions and they're not overwhelmed. They just have painted a picture in their mind, they're overwhelmed. So talk to us about those two, two important aspects. Yeah, I mean, what you're talking about is, you know, people live in, I call it hopium, right? It's, it's, it's just, they're kind of hoping the outside world changes while they fiercely insist on remaining the same. Yeah. And that was, that was me at my lowest point. I was just spending a lot of time rearranging the furniture on the deck of the Titanic um, you know, boat was going down. Um, no, I actually, I actually did a social media post last week. I said, quit saying you're overwhelmed. Just stop. Um, because overwhelm is a total choice Yeah. and your verbiage, what you repetitively say to yourself, what you repetitively say after I am is it's, it's, it's 50 to 60 times more powerful than a thought. And one of our, you know, one of our mutual acquaintances, we were talking about, you know, you know, connected to Ed Milet, right? This was years ago when right. he was, when he was mentoring me and we were trying to connect and uh, we hadn't talked in months. I mean, and he was just starting to elevate, right? Not, not a lot of people knew him. He still had enough time to coach this, this clown. Um, but you know, we, um, we, we connected in the airport and I'll never forget it. And, and he said, man, I'm so, I'm so sorry, dude. Like, you know, we, we haven't been able to connect. He said, man, I've just been busy. And, and he goes, God, that's lame. He's like, he, that's says, that, so, he says that to you. Yeah. He said, that's so lame. I'm busy. Like everybody's busy. He's like, that's, that's the, that's the dumbest thing to say. He's like, let's not say that anymore. And I said, I'm never going to say it again. And I won't. I haven't said it since. But you talk to people and they're like, how are you? Oh, Christopher. Oh, my God. I'm so freaking busy. Woo. I call it woo busy land. Woo. Busy. So busy. <laughs> busy. Busy. And what are you doing? You're saying, I'm busy. I'm overwhelmed. God, don't send. please don't send me any more. Mm-hmm. Don't send me any more blessings. I'm, my, my plate's full. I'm busy. I quit saying I'm tired uh, 15 years ago. I got better energy at 51 than I did at 41 and 31. I quit saying, but try can't. I just all this verbiage stuff. What I'm overwhelmed. I'm busy. I'm broke. I'm but try can't. All this stuff. You got to be mindful of your vernacular and your verbiage and what you say. Otherwise you will find, right. And with overwhelm, brother, you, you know, this, oh, yeah. like we got neural pathways looking for that cortisol hit 
to get that cortisol hit of being busy and being overwhelmed. So we're going to scan our environment to find overwhelm to mm-hmm. get our addictive hit of cortisol. So anyway, I don't know if I answered your question. No, no you there, did. You did. It's a big did. one. Now there's a couple of there's a couple of places I'd love to jump off on that. And when I sure. think about that, what you're talking about. I just helped somebody massively with this. And I said, do you realize where you're focusing mo- most of your energy? That's where your where your focus goes, your energy flows. And yeah. I'm like, you know, I said, you have this thing called a reticular activation system. And the person I said, do you understand what that is? And they said, I've never heard of it before. I know you have. So I sat there and okay, you have this RAS system where I said, have you ever bought a new car or thought about buying a new car or th- something like that? Like, well, actually, yeah. You know, and I said, what happened after you went and test drove that one car that you were thinking about doing? What did you, what did you see on the road all the time? Like I kept seeing that car everywhere. I kept seeing it. It was like a blue one. Yeah. I said, because your your subconscious brain was looking for that. And I said, so here's something that I want to try with you. And I do this with the people all the time. I'm like, look around your office right now and tell me everything that's red. People go, that's red. 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 Which I'm telling everybody's red. That's red. Okay, Chris, I know everything is red. All right. Tell me what was green. Well, Chris, you told me to focus on what was red. I'm like, the same thing happens in life. If you wake up in the morning and the first thing you do is look at this and look at the news and go, wow, it's going to be a shitty day. Oh, wow. I've got crappy meetings. Exactly what you're saying, Chris, that just becomes that preemptive visualization in our mind. So what I tell people to do is like when the first thing you wake up in the morning is say what you're grateful for before your eyes open and then set the intention of who you're going to be and what you're going to accomplish. But I know so many people just have that, that conception that they're, that they don't have enough time. What is it that you recommend to people to get a time management system down where they realize that they're filling their calendar with non-priority type items? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a chapter in my book. I just, I just call it Get It Together. And it's just sit your ass down and have the time to dial, dial your stuff in for the week. I, I don't really care what system you use. It's just as long as you use a system um, but you know, I, I got my planning time, you know, Saturday afternoon for, for, you know, I mean, I've been an entrepreneur for 24 years. Right. And it, just sitting down and dialing in your stuff and, you know, cause I, I still have people I coach and like, they have to-do lists in their mind. I'm like, are you a dumbass? Like, no, get, get stuff on, you know, for me, I, I, I have different systems, but this is something called planner pad and it's paper. And it's my, you know, I'm like on the sidelines of Bill Belichick with my game plan, right? I'm like, <laughs> like I roll into Monday mornings, like I got my shit together. Like I'm wired tight. I'm planned. I got my intention. I got my weekly goals. I got all that stuff. I got all the stuff I got to do that I'm going to delegate to my assistant. Um, it's just whatever you do, you know, you got to have that. And then in the morning, you know, I ask three questions as I'm kind of wrapping up my morning routine and my, my meditation time is how can I grow? What can I give? What can I celebrate? How can I grow? What can I give? What can I celebrate? And that is pre paving my mindset and pre paving my intention. And also, you know, I'm scanning my calendar going, all right, dude, like you, you got to get intentional. You got to, show up. You got to, you know, before, uh, you know, before I do this or before I connect with someone or I, you know, we got these different segments throughout the day. You know, I, I ask spirit to, you know, think through me, live through me, love through me, speak through me, right. Think through me, live through me, love through me, speak through me and, and allow spirit to 
flow with the intention of serving others, right? And so when you're in those little mini prayers throughout the day, you're not overwhelmed because your brain is dialed in because the law of growth was what you're talking about is right. the pre preeminent law on personal growth and development. Everything that is taught is centered around the law of growth. And so if I'm overwhelmed or I don't feel good, then I ask the ultimate focusing question is what am I focused on and what must that be creating? Mm. Right. What am I focused on? What must that be creating? So I don't know. I hit you with a bunch of stuff there, but, but it's just don't suffer from intention deficit disorder. Right. Right. Intention, Which is what ooh, intention, I, intention deficit disorder. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, Intention deficit disorder that people aren't intentional and it, it doesn't take much, but if you're overwhelmed, you can't just take a time out and set the intention and, and ask to be guided and, and bring your best effort. Yeah. I love that. So I want to dig a little bit deeper on that. So people have all these different priorities in their life, right? And I've determined that the word priorities was first established as a singular, like what's the priority? And I used to do this with my bosses and my, the people, the groups that I worked with when I was in corporate, like, oh, Chris, we got this, we got this. I'm like, well, tell me what the priority is. Well, they're all priorities. I'm like, the fuck they are. I'm, I can't, I've got two of these and I've got six people. You got to tell me out of these three things, which one's number one, because I can only do one at a time. So you have to prioritize what's number one. I would make people do that. Well, Chris, they're all important. They're all for Drew. They're tell me what the most important one is. And yeah. I'm like, what is what is your criteria? And so what we worked at was like, is this in the best interest of the consumer, our, our member? Okay, so which one of these is the best, the best uh, value for our members? Well, well, we got to do No, what's the best value? That's our benchmark. So talk to us about how we can help people really prioritize what their priorities are and let the other stuff go. Because oh, we think that so much other stuff is important. But when I dig into people's situations and their time management, I find out they got so much bullshit and they're like, well, I have to do this and I have to do this. And I have to do this. I'm like, okay, tell me all the things you have to do. Like you have to do like every day you have to do what? I have to make the kids lunches. I have to do the laundry. I have to put away the grudge. I have to do like, really? So if you got hit by a bus tomorrow, your family wouldn't eat and wouldn't, would have stinking clothes and fucking went, what? Like, okay, let's dig into that. So what do you do with your clients to get them to have that priority? Cause I want to drill this into people. So they want everything, but we have to scale down and it's gotta be most important. So how do they find out what's most important? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, my, um, and I can speak a lot to on the financial side, right? Because, you know, my, my, my wife and I, you know, we were $250,000 in credit card debt, you know, in the middle of the great recession, she threw her purse at me, uh, you know, not once, but three times she's five foot one Tasmanian devil. Marlowe's not fun. Um, you know, but, and I'm staring down divorce number two, I'm drinking, I'm a freaking disaster. And, and I was busy, man. I was busting my ass. I was working 80, 90 hours a week. Um, you know, I couldn't work any harder and, you know, I, we, we sat down after we had the fight of our lives and she decided to stay, thank God, uh, because nothing happened without her. And, and she said, you know, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I got to change. She's like, okay, what are you going to do about it? I'm like, I'm no longer interested in changing. I'm committed. Yeah. That's and what's she, up. And she, yeah. And she said, well, mm. what do you mean? I'm like, well, interested. Most people, as you know, they're interested in a great life. They're interested in financial independence. They're interested in success. Um, but when they hit their first roadblock, you know, they'll take what I call a chicken exit 
and they'll go to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and take their old sorry ass selves into the thing in the same things, different faces, different places, but the same result. You know, that was me. And I said, I'm committed. And she's like, what does that mean? I'm like, you know how an Olympic athlete treats their sport? That's what I'm going to do with my mindset, because how could I be a CPA and a financial advisor and be broke? Mm-hmm. So how was this creating this? So I'm, I'm answering, that. I'm answering your question here with this, with the story. Love and, it. and so I said, but you know, I'm going to be up early. I'm going to read image, visualize. You tell me to stand on my freaking head for an hour to change my life. Because what I did is I connected the prices that other people were paying for me wanting to stay the same. Oh, and, dude, right? say that again. Say that. That's brilliant. Yeah. I, I had yeah. to connect the prices that other people were paying, right? Because in that moment of truth, when my wife was upstairs, basically, you know, should I stay or should I go now? All I could see were dominoes, right? This was the, this was the night before we had the conversation and I could see my ex-wife and I'm like, you know, you don't get what you hope for, but you get what you expect. Oh, yes. And as you know, right, most people hope positive, expect negative. I expected that marriage to fail. Um, my kids were little. They lived in Atlanta. I was in Colorado. Mm-hmm. I was too broke to go see them. They're 22 and 19 now. Unbelievable story there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm drinking like a fish. Um, the financial stress is physically impacting my life. And I'm sitting there going, dude, you insisting on staying the same, you living in hopium is killing this whole thing. And you're going to have a lot of regrets. And so that was the moment where I said, I got to take 100% responsibility for the shit show that's my life or nothing's going to change. So anyway, so so we're, the next day we're having the conversation and our, our actually our first book, Couples Money, came out of this because she got on planes, trains and automobiles and interviewed uh, wealthy couples that had wealth in all areas of their life. And then it was part part that part me transforming my mindset around money. But her and I sat down and I'm like, what do you want? Right. And, and, and you know, this is the most beat up topic in personal growth and development. You got to know your why. You got to know what you want. You got to have your dream. Right. And, and I and you and I've heard that forever. Right. Oh, yeah. And I would I would sit in trainings and conferences and the most successful people killing it would get up and they're like, you got to know your why. You got to know what you want. You got to be clear. And I'm like taking notes. I'm like, mm-hmm. I got to. I got to get clear. And I come out of the conference, Christopher, and a squirrel would run by me. And I'm like, I got to go catch that squirrel. And then once I catch that squirrel, then I'm going to sit my ass down and get clear. I didn't really chase the squirrel. Or as my mentor says, chasing wild asparagus. I heard it forever. But now my back was against the wall. And my wife, I said, what do you want? She's like, we got to have $100,000 saved. I'm like, we're $250,000 in credit card debt. I have a 6,000 square foot office lease. I'm paying my ex-wife $5,200 at the beginning of every month. Um, we're leaking four or $5,000 a month. I'm a, a great recession, financial services entrepreneur. It's not looking good. And anytime we'd set a goal, my left brain CPA would go, Okay, what's what's the strategy? Like let's uh let's figure out the plan and the strategy. Yep. But this was this was different. 
I said, how's that going to make you feel? And she's like, I just, I can't, I just, we can't do this anymore. And I'm like, I don't, she's like, I'm like, why? We spent an hour. Why? 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 I'm like, I don't want to fight with you anymore around money. I hate that you're physically, uh, you know, feeling it. I, I got to see my kids. I, you know, I got to quit being a drunk. I got to like all, like we just, why, 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 why? And we spent an hour on a why and we identified the feeling that we wanted and it was financial relief. Yeah. And then she laid out the bloody balance sheet. She laid out the bloody income statement, you know, and, and for, for so long, dude, I didn't want to look at it. Yeah. Right. Because us as humans, one if I ignore it, gotta, it goes away. Well, yeah, we got to fight delusion all the time. And one of my yeah. favorite quotes is optimism and delusion sleep in the same bed together. And, and, and I looked at it and this was the first time I'm like, I'm not going to beat myself up. This was the acceptance point, right? Where right. it was like, my coach said, you don't need to love it, but you got to stop hating it. And if you keep hating it, you're going to keep recreating it. And then I looked at her and I'll shut up after this. I looked at her and I said, we will never be back here again. Decision was made. The flag was planted. And I said, I will do anything possible, obviously serving others and doing the right thing and everything right. legal, mm -hmm. but we will never be back here again. And I could feel it in my bones. And that decision was made. And what happened after that was jaw dropping transformationally on in all areas, financially, spiritually, physically, you know, everything changed. My coach, the great Sally Anderson, that's one of the things she's been driving into my head for all these years is that very thing is, is, is if we can have so many things right in our life, but if we don't get in tune with the vibrational frequency in which we're thinking, like it's one thing to sit there and consciously say, oh, I deserve this. But if the, if the, if the true nature of our thoughts is, yeah, I doubt that's going to happen. That incongruency right there is going to change that vibrational frequency to where it's not going to come in because, because either we can look at things in terms of scarcity or abundance. And so I love what you're saying. I want to dig a little bit deeper on that part because you mentioned about financial talk about money. For me, money was always something that you didn't have. Like I grew up broke, dirt poor, homeless, you know, money was always hard to get all those different beliefs and ideologies. I'm still, I'm very successful now. I made lots of money, have lots of things, and I'm very good about that. My, my coach every once in a while, she still says, you have a scarcity mindset around money. And I don't always get it because I'm like, no, I feel abundant. I, I trust it. Talk to us about that for people who don't understand that because it's a very complex situation. How can we get them to shift from that scarcity mindset into the abundance mindset? And does it correlate to self-love? Yeah. I mean, um, I, I can, I can speak to, you know, and this is some of the stuff I share in the book is, you know, my, my coach was like, you know, you don't, you don't have a money problem. You have a money project. And that, that changed everything. Right. Because we view problems and projects totally differently. Right. Right. We view problems as stuff that we will never change. They're in our lives forever. Woe is me. We're very much a victim, but with projects, we bring some energy and some enthusiasm to it will hit roadblocks. We will see a project all the way through. So to, to answer your question, what he had me do is he had me get a green money journal. This was the start of the project. And he had me write the word money at the top of the page. And he said, I want you to make up everything. I want you to write down everything you make up about that word. 
like your beliefs yeah. and like uh, money. It's transformational, dude. It's, tra- yeah. it's, it's, it's transformational, right? It's energy. And it really is energy. When it comes down to it, it's just energy. Well, almost nobody does this. Right. I mean, you know, and I, and I share all my head trash, my money head trash in the book. And it's, it's the stuff that I, you know, just like you borrowed from my parents. It goes unchecked. We're hypnotic robots. I think we're ran by four or five money stories unconsciously. You know, sure. so mine were rich people are crooks. They make money on the back of, backs of poor people. My mom said money, you either have it or you don't. Us mm-hmm. Feltons really aren't t- supposed to be wealthy. We're not really supposed to be that successful. I had scarcity. I had all that stuff in there. But, I, you know, I kind of stole this from Lisa Nichols. She's like, you know, it's not a limiting belief. It's a lie that you tell yourself. Yeah. And so, because with a limiting belief, we feel to, to get rid of it, we have to like chop off a body part um, versus Sometimes. it's just a lie that I tell myself. So it's what's what's worked for me, man. And I do the deep dive in the book on deservingness and all this bullshit, mind virus garbage. I mean, birds don't, you know, birds don't go, I don't know if I deserve to fly. And <laughs> You know, trees yep. aren't, I don't know if I deserve to grow. So when I, I started really studying this, like, how do we screw ourselves over? I'm just like, this just stuff's all lies. I mean, we show up as perfect babies. We feel like we deserve love. We feel that we deserve happiness and to be taken care of. And then at some point we're told bad boy, bad girl, you had a lot of trauma. I had different types of trauma. And so for me, it's just about inventorying the garbage I tell myself and not making myself wrong because one of my favorite quotes is we're a miracle and a mess at the same time. And, and for me, it was just getting out on paper and just going, huh, that's why I'm broke. Right. It's not that I don't know what to do. So it wasn't about fixing myself. It wasn't about, I mean, I still have some scarcity stuff pop up, but I wrote it down. I, I, I shined a light on it. It's okay if it pops up. It's just, I have to, I have to shift before it runs me. Like right now I got major things going on in my business and people around me are, they're in it. They're in this part. Hey, pie's only this much and all this. And, you know, and I'm, and I, and I'm, ah, dude, I'm a child of God, man. I'm, I'm, I'm all good. Like I don't need to. So what I'm saying is it's, it's okay to have it. It's just, you have to stop the pattern before it starts unconsciously running you. And so awareness is everything, man. The analogy I always give is, you know, if somebody breaks in your house at three in the morning, how aware are you? Right. Right. That because my back was so far against the wall and everything was riding on me changing and delivering the goods for my family. I was like that with every thought that came up. I was just like, no, man, I I just I can't go down the whole worthiness path. I can't go down the deservingness. I can't go. Money's bad. Like, nope, nope. Shift, delete, delete, whatever you got to do to 
shift the thinking to the thought that's going to get you to where you want to get to. I mean, that's, I don't know. I hit you with a lot of stuff there. I get excited about this stuff, but you and um, I, you and I are one and the same. We share a name. Yeah. We share a lot of similar beliefs and similar histories. And so I love this conversation. I want to go back to something you said originally at the beginning of the conversation, you talked about, I think it was forgiveness or empathy. You talked about that. And given what you've shared already in the, in the discussion, I believe this is a good topic, a good time to talk about this because so oftentimes we beat ourselves up over and over again about stuff that we did in our past when we were even just kids, we didn't even know any better or in our twenties or even our thirties. And I know that for a lot of people, when I work with clients, part of the process is having them shift their perspectives about their past, present and what their future is but also getting them to realize that a lot of the beliefs or a lot of the things that they might blame or resent other people for were all part of the process to get them to where they're at today. How do you help people discover that opportunity to have that empathy and forgiveness for themselves? And the second part of that is how do we have empathy and forgiveness for all the people that wronged us in our life? Because I'll share this with you. I was being interviewed on a show yesterday and the guy heard my story and he, he heard me talk about my sister and he goes, you don't talk about your sister much. And I said, well, I don't have a relationship with her any, anymore. I, she left when I was 16, when she was 16 years old, I was nine years old. She couldn't take my mom's crap anymore. I said, sorry, baby brother. I'm going to go live with, she had a different dad than I did. She had a biological father that used to be married to my mom. I had a sperm donor, <clears throat> whole other story, but I reconnected with her back in 2005 I was in my thirties. She was in her forties. I think she was 42 at the time. So I'm seven years younger than her. And I spent all my life with my mom was homeless with her. I tried to kill myself. I had all these different experiences, with my mom, all this hellacious stuff, but then I managed to be super successful and, 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 and happy and congruent and all the good things that you would never expect when you read my book. And she looked at me one day and she goes, baby brother, how did you not turn out like mom? And I said, I looked at her square fucking look at the face. And I said, I chose not to be like mom. I said, once I had empathy and forgiveness for who mom was a stuck, poor little four-year-old person in a giant person's body without the facilities, the awareness to change what it is that she was focusing on. She was just a little kid. She was a little kid in a big body that we kept expecting to be a mom. And said, once I found empathy and forgiveness for her, I was able to let a lot of that stuff go. I didn't carry around all this. I'm so bad and everything sucks. And da, da, da. I let it go. And I went, wow, I feel bad for her. I feel sorry for her. She did the best she could. And now I turned out great. So it's all good. Talk to us about that in your, in your terms. Yeah. I mean, I got a big chapter on, on forgiveness. And I mean, you know, I think, I think God put this book on my heart, man. Cause you know, I, I took me 16 months to write it and I, I never, I, I never lost enthusiasm for it once. I never was like, Oh, I gotta go. Right. Like never, I was in enthusiasm the whole time. Um, but, but my forgiveness story was, you know, I'm, 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 I'm made, I made the decision. Okay. I got to change. Um, I hired a world-class coach that I worked with for four and a half years and uh, he was financially free, financially independent. And we had our first coaching session and and we end it. And he's like, Hey, I got a homework assignment for you. You know, being the CPA financial left brain dude. I'm like, Oh, goody homework. Yay. Right. And uh, I'm thinking it's strategy. And, and he's like, "Um, you need to forgive your ex-wife. And I'm like, dude, dude, she's, you know what this bitch did? She's horrible. Like, whose side are you on? Like, you know, and I, I, I was pushing back on him. And, and anytime I'd push back on him, he'd, he'd say this question. I hated this question. <laughs> I love and, questions. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and my guy, my, my guys that coach hate it too. He said, Hey, Chris, based on results, how's your way working? Ooh. Yeah. Right. Right. And it just 
You're like, but but it's serving my victimhood. Yeah, he's like, he's like, that you're staring down alimony payment number two. You're a drunk. Yeah, I'm. I I got got. I'm pretty coachable guy, but I I would push back on stuff. I'm like, okay, okay. Why do I need to forgive her? And he said, if you don't, you're going to be a broke joke your entire life. Ooh, I like this guy. Yeah, yeah. He he knew how to hug and he knew when to hug and knew when to kick, right? So he was those kind of coaches. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, all right. How? He said, okay, when we're done, I want you to grab a pad of paper. I want you to write her name at the top. And I want you to write down everything you appreciate about her. And, and I'm like, and he said, I want you to do it every day until you no longer need to. And you will know. Wow. And so, and I've not so heard I, of this one. That's good. I've oh, heard of dude, yeah. of that. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's in my book. And we could do a whole show on like what unra- unraveled in a good way from that. Hmm. Um, and so I'm just sitting there and I'm, I'm just like, dude, I'm like gripping the paper. <laughs> and I've never stared at a blank sheet of paper for an hour. And I realized I'm like, dude, he's so right. Right. Because you and I know it's not time management, it's energy management. And I was trying to run this financial independence race with a 20 pound bowling ball around my ankle. (laughs) And, and this was the one, this was the one thing. And then I was like, all right, she's a good mom. And she's not like good mom. She's a world-class mom. My kids are freaking amazing. I hit the dad jackpot with my kids. Um, Just unbelievable kids. And we have a great relationship, phenomenal relationship, even though we were apart for a big chunk of that time. And so then I did it the next day and I'm like, okay, all right, maybe I'm supposed to learn something here. Maybe she's my greatest teacher, maybe. And then, you know, three or four weeks in, I mean, I had good, I had a good list of 10 or 12 things going and then I no longer needed to do the list. And then I would just, I'd be on a run and I would just go through that. And you know how that works, man. New neural pathways start firing and my mm-hmm. perception starts changing. And it's Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Mother's Day. You know, we never had the big forgiveness conversation, but, you know, thoughts have wings, dude. Sure. And everything changed. And then my kids were big baseball players in Atlanta, right? And I stand next to her at baseball games, like talking. And I remember leaving the stadium one time. This guy walks up to me. He's like, how do you do that? Because <laughs> he knew you were. That I'm, was like, I'm like, what? He's like, that stand next to your ex-wife thing, right? Because he'd be in right field. His ex would be in left field, right? Like, oh, wow. I'm, like I'm like, here's this exercise. And he looked at me like as an alien. And, <laughs> and, then, and then he left. And then, and then, dude, I just started seeing the blessings of this come about. And I would yeah. get, and I said, okay, this is always going to be in my keynote, whatever I do, because I think my point of view is really unique. And so, you know, I get done. I'm in Palm Springs. I deliver this keynote. I'm like, you know how it is. You're like, I freaking crushed that thing. Mm-hmm. And, and you think you brought all this value. You know, you come off stage. People are waiting to talk to you. And people are lined up. And all they want to talk about is forgiveness. And yeah. all of them are like, wait, 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 wait. You're telling me that I need to effing do, 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 forgive them. And then last part of this, and I'll shut up on it. No I did a, I was doing a, uh, all day kind of workshop on it and, and, and I come off stage, there's about a hundred people in the room. This guy comes up to me, this little, little short guy, he's about 63 
And he looks at me. It was all day. I mean, it was a, there was a lot of stuff we hit on. And he goes, that, that was all good, but that you're telling me the forgiveness thing. And I'm like, how long has it been, dude? He's like, you're telling me I need to forgive my ex-wife. And I'm like, yeah, how long has it been? He's like, been 30 years. He's like, do you really need to? And I said, well, hey, based on results, hey, I know, I know, based on results, I got it. Wait here. And he went out in the parking lot and called her. Ooh. And he came, he came in 20 minutes later, dude, and he was just – his eyes were puffy. He had snot in his beard. Like, wow. he looked, dude, he looked 10 years younger. And he just walked up to me and he looked me in the eye and he kissed me on the cheek, gave me a hug. Walked out the door, never saw him again. Damn, dude, people suck at this. Mm-hmm. I ask people all the time. It. I ask us all the time about empathy and forgiveness because when I find that I can help people shift their perspective about that, like you don't, you're not, you're not saying it's right what they did, but you're saying, hey, I forgive you. I'll, I'll meet you where you're at. If I went through all the experiences that you went through in your life, might I have done the same thing? Yeah. yeah. If we're both here at this intersection, being able to say that we learned something, we grew from it, then could we perhaps look in the future like, wow, I'm really thankful all that shit went down because I learned so much out of it. Yeah. Well, I, I got a good friend, man. He was a um, he, coach. I, I reference him a ton in the book. He was super healthy. He's like freaking personal development Yoda, like just unbelievable guy. Yeah. He was an energy healer for years in the Philippines and and he got, he got Hodgkin's lymphoma, uh, I don't know, 15 years ago, right? And he wouldn't do chemo. He wouldn't do any of that stuff. I'm like, what'd you do? He's like, well, I, I did natural stuff, but he's like, I had to forgive a bunch of people. And he'd get referred to people, cancer patients to work on. And the first step was always like, all right, who do you need to forgive? And they're like, what do you mean? Yeah. He's like, you're going to die if you don't forgive. That's why you got it. And he would work on some other stuff, but he would, he would help them release that pain in their body that was causing, you know, dis-ease. It's powerful. Jeez. Yes, it is. <clears throat> My God, Chris, we've been talking for 53 minutes. I appreciate you. This has been a, a powerful, powerful call, conversation for everybody. Um, I put up your website right there. You want to go ahead and uh, and uh, share that out for everybody who might be listening on the podcast and tell them where to get a hold of you on social media and just where they can continue the conversation with Chris. Yeah, yeah. ChrisFelton.me is the, the the website, and uh, I just just released my uh, my 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 workshop, uh, deep dive into the book. So you know, excited about that. And then uh, I'm at uh, I'm on Instagram uh, at uh, ChrisFelton uh, underscore TGY, and uh, yeah, out there posting all the time, man. My, the problem I solve is stuck. Just want to help people get stuck. It's a get unstuck. I should say it's okay to get stuck. It's not okay to stay there. No unstuck. You're unfuck something like that, yeah. man, Chris, this has been amazing. Can I get your book on Amazon? I'll make sure I put the link in, in the show notes where people can yeah. get it, but yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> get on Amazon. Think and grow me. Chris, uh, think and grow you. Think and grow you. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, you're good. You're all good. Man. It's right there, but I was sitting there thinking, grow me, me from yeah, not yeah. you, me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah thank you, <laughs> Mr. Felton. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to put you backstage for a second. Don't go anywhere. Cause I still want to talk to you after the show, but I'm just going to close out the show, but brother, this has been an amazing conversation. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks brother. You're welcome. <clears throat> Allow me to clear my throat while I finish this. I've got Tim Gillette in the house. What's up, Tim? Thank you for joining us, brother. He says, hello, Chris and Chris. We are Chris squared. 
Uh, Eric, I, I saw your, your, your note right here. Thank you, brother. I would love to have you a guest on the show. We'll talk offline and get you on here. I thought we had a conversation similar to that, but, uh, we'll definitely, um, have that happen. I need to get Tim Gillette back on the show. I think I sent Tim my thingy too. Uh, Susan in the house, she says, great show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Susan. I appreciate you being here. You always share it out and you're always such an awesome soul. We got a Facebook user in here saying, hi coach. Hi, Co hi, Chris. Um, all these beautiful people in here. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, you guys are tremendous. The, the conversation tonight, really, when you think about it, breaking it down into the priorities, breaking it down to the overwhelm, breaking it down to empathy and forgiveness, breaking it down to realizing that there are signs in our life right now. And if you're focused on your short-term gratification, <clears throat> whether it's shopping or Netflix or sex or drugs or rock, whatever it might be, if your focus is on that and you're thinking that someday this problem is going to take care of itself. It's not, it's not. And I think Chris did a great job in talking about it. <clears throat> when I talk to people about like, oh, I can never find a man. I'm like, tell me about your last three relationships. And they'll tell me about the relationships. And I said, what part of you is staying the same that is attracting these people? And they didn't want to accept it was them. We all have to take responsibility. And I think Chris did a fantastic job of this. He could have blamed everybody. You didn't hear him blame a single person. You heard him say, Hey, I got to a point, he says this, I had to take responsibility for what was happening up in here because it wasn't translating into what was getting out here. And he did the work. He hired the coaches. He had the tough conversations with his wife. Let's have it. Let's talk about it. So many of you fucking people out there are miserable and you're not telling the person that is making you miserable what's up. You're not talking to your boss. You're not talking to your coworker. You're not talking to your sister. You're not talking to your wife. You're not talking to your kid. Well, this, they do this and they do this and they do this and they do this. People get to complain to me once. And then after that is what is it? Are you going to do to fix that situation? Chris had took that responsibility and said, wow, I'm a drunk. I'm this, I'm this. I wasn't meant here to be this person. I wasn't meant here to have this experience permanently. What is it that I'm supposed to take from this experience? How can I grow from this experience? And how can I never repeat this ever again? And that takes commitment, it takes discipline. It takes intentionality. It takes having a clear vision of who it is that you're becoming and what it is that you want to do in this world. How do you want to be remembered? Do you want to be remembered who somebody is always overwhelmed and always stressed out and always, you know, just not being able to have enough time for everything? Or do you want to be known for the person that wow, they really stopped and smelled the roses. They really enjoyed every moment of every day. They really tried to make the best of everything. And they shared love and, and opportunity and, 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 and vision out in the world. They didn't have all the things in the world, but they had their soul and they had their integrity. <clears throat> and I think that's one thing we can re really take away from the conversation tonight is asking yourself, go do this. I have my co coaching clients do this. Go look in the mirror and just stare into your eyes for about five minutes, three to five minutes, just stare into your eyes. And as you're staring, ask yourself, what am I made of? Am I made to be here to be mediocre? Am I made, am I made to be here to be complacent and average and boring and having an okay life? Or was I brought here to have a fucking incredible experience? Was I brought here to experience the world and to go see things and do things and be remembered for having the zest of life? Because this is a gift. And so many fucking people out there are treating life like it's not a gift, like it's going to be indispensable for the rest of the world. But we're all going to get to a point one day where the fucking light's going to go on. And you're like, oh, oh, that's why you hear me quote all the time. The five regrets of the dying, the book, the five regrets of the dying, right? When you wake up and realize you don't want to have that regret. 
that spurs action. That is leverage to take action. So think about wherever you're as you, wherever it is in your life. Will I regret this one day? If I knew my time was up in two months from now, would I regret the situation? Would I want to change it? Right? Chris took that responsibility. Dr. Wayne Dyer says, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And he also says, if you continue to do what you've always done, you will continue to get what you've always got. It's all up to you guys. It's all up to you. This has been a tremendous conversation. I love and appreciate you. Go to rawandscripted.com. As always, rawandscripted.com. Go uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, wherever you want a podcast. And next week is July 4th. And I'm going to tell you guys this. I'm taking the week off. It's going to be a replay because I'm going camping with my family because I'm enjoying my life. I love and appreciate you guys. Go out there, be brilliant, be intentional, have gratitude, and love one another. All right? Thanks.